Record to the cloud. This meeting is being recorded. All right. Welcome back to Soul of Jarrett podcast, everyone. Today we are joined by Taylor, a.k.a. Get Real Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance put me on to your work and she was like, hey, check this out. This is like the female you. She's saying all the <laughs> shit you're saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I got into your content and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at she's she's eating liver. She's grounding to the earth. It's it's kind of all these things that, you know, the yeah. same wave that we've been on. Um, and then I really liked when I was seeing everything you were talking about, about natural births and and all these mm-hmm. things. And just basically the overall message of getting back to the natural, getting real, girlfriend. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, so, that's so cool that she pointed you out to me. That's so sweet. Yeah, really cool. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, and maybe just give us like, uh, like, like, let's get into it. Like how did, cause I, I have my journey of what led me yeah. down this path. And I yeah. saw, um, I actually saw one of your videos last night where you were talking about all of the pain and trauma that yeah. you have gone through. And I was thinking about, you know, we all have our things and I'm thinking about how that stuff, my pain is what ultimately led me to oh, this yeah. lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's get into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's definitely an interesting story as to what really led me here and why I chose to start speaking about it publicly and everything. But yeah, I had a really difficult childhood, you know, relatively speaking, of course, there are people with much more difficult lives than mine. And, you know, perspective is everything. But, you know, at the same time, pain is relative. And, you know, I guess I, you know, grew up with a poor, mentally ill single mom that was in and out of the mental hospital my whole life. And um, I was kind of like tossed around, moved a lot, a lot of abuse happened, and um, lots of depression, anxiety, health problems, I had asthma, I had chronic migraines. I had like constant infections, constantly going to the doctor. I was taking like nine different medications by the time that I was 14 years old. I remember looking down at my horn and going, this doesn't, this is just insane. This doesn't feel right. Like don't 80 year olds, 90 year olds take this many medications to keep them alive. I'm 14 years old. I don't get it. And you know, it, it, it gives you this, this like frame of mind that I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. I'm innately flawed. And, you know, constantly seeking answers through the modern medical healthcare system and, and hitting so many dead ends and just, you know, needlessly being prescribed more and more medications that have more and more side effects, which again, you know, I took various experimental medications, one being an allergy medication called Singular that was like relatively experimental at the time, put me in the mental hospital because I got suicidal. And then when I was 14 years old, freshman in high school, I had chronic migraines. And so they put me on this experimental, like new, it was a seizure medication. And they found in the clinical trials that in low dose, it helps with migraines. And so I took a low dose of this creactin. It made me insane. And I remember my mom and I were driving in the car and I go, mom, I don't feel right. This, this is, I I think it's the medication but by then it was kind of too late and my brain just went wild. I was like suicidal. I was like homicidal. I was just like furious at the world and just like 
wanted death. Like it, it was just so insane. I ended up in the mental hospital. So at my 15th birthday in the mental hospital and it sucks. Like the only two friends that I told that I had freshman year of high school come to find out later in high school, I was known as a girl who like tried to kill her mom, which I did not try to kill my mom. Like it's, it's insane, you know, but I was, I was bullied, you know, I had all these issues. I was working a full-time job in high school. I had all kinds of home issues. My mom attempted suicide junior year. That same week, my grandfather, who was my only father figure died and, you know, had no dad, like just, just, you know, like your recipe for disaster, <laughs> essentially, like most people, most people don't really come back from that really, you know, and, but like the strong ones do, and like everyone has their own journey. I literally wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be able to empathize with so many different people. I've had so many different types of abuse, different types of trauma, different types of pain. And like, man, I wouldn't change a goddamn thing because I wouldn't be able to, to like really, really like feel with other people on a level of authenticity and empathy that that like most people just cannot and you know I, I feel like that is really a superpower of us to be able to transmute our trauma into power transmute it into something really beautiful and send a message send a message and inspire others that like you're literally not your circumstances we're all here for a reason whether it's small big we're all here to learn lessons and it's so easy to go, why me? My life sucks. You know, I romanticized it for a while. I smoked the cigarettes. I, you know, thought, poor me, boo-hoo, you know, life sucks. <laughs> but there's no power in that. And it wasn't until I started, you know, I watched the, I had a, an angel in my life at the time, my ex-boyfriend. I met him at, you know, I was coming up out of my lowest place in my life. And he introduced me relatively you know, to telling me like, you don't need these prescriptions. And I had just watched it. It coincided with watching this documentary called Take Take Your Pills. And I was on Vyvanse at the time. So I quit taking my antidepressant because I got on Vyvanse, which is an amphetamine. And lo and behold, this documentary uh, revealed that that these ADHD medications, these amphetamines have the same long-term effect on your brain as street meth, <laughs> as street methamphetamine. And I was experiencing a stutter. I, I developed a very, very, very severe stutter. And as a chatty Cathy that has a lot to say, that was really frustrating for me to like not be able to convey a message in a conversation. I was tripping over every single word and I was having crippling insomnia. I was going two to four days, zero sleep, not a blink. And then I would sleep one day and then go two to four more days, zero sleep, sleep one day, so on and so forth, so on and so forth. This went on for like two years straight. And I believe that I incurred severe brain damage from the sleep deprivation and from the amphetamines. And so like those, you know, that really began my healing journey. And I got off all my prescriptions. I was taking Vyvanse to operate at work and I was taking Xanax to sleep at night. And like, just, yeah, I'm constantly medicated. I'm constantly taking dabs. Like I'm drinking all the time. I'm, I'm smoking, whether it's cigarettes or Juul. And, you know, I'm wondering why I'm chronically ill, constantly at urgent care, constantly in the ER, constantly taking antibiotics and, you know, just feeling like an 80 year old. Like I had no energy. I, my mental health was not great. And, you know, there, there, my health journey began. I just cold turkey, quit taking all medications. And I just let myself 
be sleep deprived for like a week until I was able to sleep using CBD and stopped drinking. And I was opened up to holistic health, started doing a ton of research on animal-based diet. Um, and I started with the GAPS intro diet. I don't know if you're familiar with the GAPS diet at all. Um, it's gut and psychology syndrome diet. And it's like all about bone broth. The, the intro diet is really hardcore. It's all bone broth. So I started this about four years ago. And I was making a ton of bone broth at home, you know, grass fed, pasture raised, chemical free, everything. And you're just doing like bone broth boiled meats, boiled vegetables, but only certain types of vegetables. There's only like four or five that you can choose from. They're non-starchy, non-gut irritant. And um, you cut out dairy, grain, you know, uh, sugar, except for like raw honey is the only is the only sugar you're allowed to do. And it's, of course, in moderation. But wow, like just that alone, uh, it's incredible how much healing I saw. But then I had to, you know, go through some shadow work too. I had found out some details about my abuse as a child that I didn't know prior. And it like sent me into virtually a tailspin. Every single characteristic I had built up as this person that I thought that I was this hard, you know, never cries, you know, act like a man or whatever it is type of character I had built all washed away. And I was this vulnerable little girl that was like in a mental prison and I had to work harder than I've ever had to work in my entire life to process, acknowledge, allow, and then rewire my neural pathways mm. to be in a positive state of mind. Because a lot of people can get really, really stuck with shadow work if they don't have the skills necessary to like transmute that pain, mm. and to like dig their way out of that hole because it can really it can really bring you down to this really dark place. And if you don't process it correctly and then give yourself the ability to rewire those neural pathways to like have hope, have faith, be positive and to manifest, you know, great opportunities in the future, you know, you can stay there for, for forever, really. And I know a lot of people who've either locked down that pain, refused to look at it or have looked at it and it's caused a very, very dark, very dark state of mind and phase in their life. It's not, you know, um, it, it's, it's really sad, but like we have the power and that's where like social media is so cool. You know, like I didn't have access to all this stuff when I started my healing journey, but I, you know, had someone in my life that was, was very supportive and just kind of helped give me like those base tools. And then the rest was all me. It's like, it's all you. But, um, and then with TikTok, like where I started my TikTok was I was a birth doula in the mainstream birth community. And, you know, I, I had like really discovered how beautiful birth was. I couldn't wait to be a mother, someone who used to not want kids, someone who used to not want to be married. And, you know, I was terrified of birth as are most of the women in our culture because we're brainwashed to think that this integral bodily function there not a single one of us would be here if like if humans could not adequately give birth you know I mean like every single human on earth has been born and comes from a woman and you know I started reading all these beautiful natural birth stories 
And then it escalated from there to me going, okay, how does this work? What's the physiology of birth? I want to know down to a cellular level, like how this happens. And the findings were just in, I was, I was so enthralled with this work, with this stuff. And, you know, just figuring out how the human body works, the female physiology and like understanding it and being able to apply that to your everyday life, like the nervous system, you know, now everyone knows about the nervous system. I learned about this four, three, four years ago when I was researching birth. I was like, Oh my God, this can be applied to us. It like in our everyday lives. And like, how do people not know about this when it comes to the physiology of birth? Anyways, become a doula because, you know, I'm like, okay, clearly this is the direction I need to go. Go into the, you know, mainstream birth community. I'm expecting it to be the sacred sisterhood, a welcoming, a welcome home, you know, to womanhood and to cheering each other on and embracing womanhood and, you know, holding space and, and guiding women through the portal of maiden to mother. No, it was not that at all. It's competitive. It's oversaturated and cancel culture is rampant. So like I wasn't allowed you, you know, it's demonized to say the word mother, to say breastfeeding, to say woman, because it's considered non-inclusive, violent language. Like it's literally categorized as violent language. By who? Who's categorized? By, the, the hardcore left. <laughs> like, you, you know, it's, it's and it's it's been perpetuated by the media. The the groundwork has has been laid, and really now the mainstream is really seeing this. But I saw this in the birth community before. It was like really really rampant in your and I's lives, where we all hear the term birthing person. You're like, what? Like, what is a birth? It's 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 the it's it's the idea that men can also give birth, and it's all these. It's it's the feminazis. It's the hardcore left feminists that are not actually feminists at all. They, they've been fed this lie by the mainstream media, by Rockefeller funded, you know, agendas and everything to, to think that the empowering way to be a woman is to shut down all your hormones, to say birth is disgusting, your life ends at being a woman. And you know, all these, as you and I know, very, very harmful narratives to women actually and you know Biden's first executive order in office was to was to make it so that if you say you're a woman you can enter women's spaces and like you know if if a male prisoner who was a rapist before uh says they're a woman now they're transferred to the female prison like you know it's it's men can go into women's bathroom you don't have to present as a woman at all you can just go into the bathroom and it's legal I have a question um, yeah. I have a question. All of this, that's an epic rant, by the way, all of this that we're talking about, particularly the... Okay. On your... What's that? Is this okay on your podcast? Sorry, oh, yeah. Like, Dude. Went in. <laughs> we, we, go, we go fucking in on this fuck podcast. Yeah. Do not ever... Don't, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Hell yeah. Um, okay, what's your question? I, like, so... You know, obviously, the whole getting people, turning people into synthetic fucking zombies through medications, through screens, through all this oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the, all the way to the defeminization of women and the feminization of men and, and trying to like, and, and 
just ripping us out of our natural state of being. I wonder, I wonder, I feel like I know what your answer is. It's just a genuine question. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that all of this is based on human ignorance and the desire to be something else? Or do you think it really is some dark agenda from elite puppets that want this to happen in order to control the masses and make money off of them and siphon their energy? Or both? I think it's both. I, yeah, a little I, bit of I, both. I truly, I truly think it's both. Yeah, it's, and like, do you know how profitable gender reassignment and hormone blockers are? And they just mm. opened up a whole other client base by mm. doing children, puberty blockers. And then the indoctrination is so deep, they're teaching it started in the universities before it really hit the mainstream. They were teaching gender ideology and, you know, all these things that we're hearing about now that we're like, uh, what? <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, they're teaching it in schools now. You now have, you know, social justice warriors that are kindergarten teachers. And you see them literally blasting on, on TikTok, on social media, bragging about not teaching their children arithmetic but instead teaching them about gender ideology, non-binary, asexual, transgender, all these different pronouns, things children should not be thinking of. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask a teacher now of anyone who's in elementary or middle school or high school or whatever, how many of your children in your class are transgender or identify as a, as a gender or use pronouns that, that are not their actual biological sex. And it's like alarming numbers. It's usually around seven in a class of like, in a class of like 25 to 30. Oh, you're in Colorado, right? I mean, yeah. Where, where are you? So out here in Ohio, it is like okay. a whole different world. So I hang out in Colorado a lot and California ah, a lot. Okay. Yeah. It, it, is a, it is a whole nother fucking world. I mean, nobody here is wearing a mask. Nobody here is into any of this shit. People hearing this shit from you, like my neighbors would be like, what the fuck? You know? Literally. So yeah, yeah it is. So, but that makes me feel good knowing that the whole country is an indoctrinated. And that's why, uh, that's why I love that's why what we're doing is so important because because like there has to be like i'm just gonna go ahead and say it that is fucking retarded that 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 uh like children like and like even like saying even a child even giving the child permission to say they identify as one thing that's ludicrous in itself but actually giving them puberty blockers and all this shit I think it's fucking madness. I think that our society, I think that we, we're on the brink of like extinction. We're on the brink of like the universe. You know, the earth is intelligent. The universe is intelligent. One meteor could have, the, uh, the planet would breathe an enormous sigh of relief if we, if we all died. And uh, this shit is getting out of hand. And uh, I think yeah. that's, and I, I'm interested to know your take on this. I believe that pharmacological intervention is happening right now via mushrooms. And I, I feel like that is the intervention that we need because we're, we're so far down this that not everybody can just 
go become a yogi and start meditating or like change their diet. Like we're so indoctrinated that we need like a huge wake up call, whether it be a fucking meteor strike, whether it be, you know, what we saw the last couple of years with everything, you know, um, the common cold. Yeah. And, and I'm just huge on mushrooms. I think that, I think that, uh, I, 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 I think that they, well, I mean, listen, this isn't my thoughts. This is fact. They are elders. They've had their form double the time humans have had. They are the elders of the planet. They are the stewards of the planet. Um, and they are here. They are, this is like a last chance hope for humanity. Um, so, I, so I think that, you know, what we're doing, basically going into these other realms and then coming back. And when I say other realms, I don't mean you have to be a tripper. I don't mean you have to do mushrooms and stuff. But like even just like the diet, even with all totally. of this, I think that like there's so much power in bringing just new ideas to the world. And, we need and just allowing yourself to be alone sometimes too, to like really contemplate. And the healthier yeah. you get, the more you expand and the more you're able to receive too, because all that interference kind of falls away, all the chemicals, all the toxins, all the dysbiosis in the body and the breaking down of functions, you know, you're one ecosystem and like allowing the flow of energy and ideas and inspiration, and everything like just, just healing and allowing yourself to be alone with these ideas and just kind of having an open mind too can really be enlightening for a lot of people. And, you know, I, I eat mushrooms once or twice a year. I'll do like three, three and a half grams once or twice a year. And it's always like, it's, it's, it's such an eye opening experience. And it always like brings me back, takes me through whatever I need to deal with or whatever, and then shows me what I'm here to do. Mm. And I, and I think that that's like, it's, it's amazing. But you know, to, to kind of build on what you said with, you know, society or the, the, the one people as a whole kind of reaching this breaking point or whatever needs to happen in order to like really flip a 180. Um, you know, I think COVID was definitely the, 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 sorry, I shouldn't even say the C word, but like All good. the, you know, the, the BS that happened over the last few years a couple years was definitely really eye-opening for a lot of people, woke a lot of people up. But I think, you know, whether it's a meteor or, you know, some other huge catastrophic tyrannical event that needs to happen to like really wake people up. But like what they're trying to do is, you know, they tell us like they want to kill off a majority of the population because, you know, they believe that we're overpopulated. I think that, you know, I think that's partially why, you know, they, like keeping people in such densely populated city centers that you know like hive mentality and they extra spray those that's where all the worst foods are that's where all the worst pollution is that's where all the worst like frequencies energy is it's all resonating and amplifying each other too in those major city centers but you know i don't know if it's if it's going to be like a complete collapse where we go extinct or if most of us will die off, whether it's your own ignorance and you decide to get, you know, the pokey thing and it renders you infertile or kills you or, you know, or maybe, you know, you just keep eating the most disgusting and, you know, keeping the most terrible habits and diet and whatever, and you are rendered infertile, you die early, whatever it is, you know, um, people are having children in lower and lower numbers, but also, you know, sperm count 
is going lower and lower. They're saying by 2046, men are going to have a sperm count of zero. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's fucking wild. Not me, 20- by the way. Not no, me. No, yeah, not you men. Not you men that are actually, you know, focusing on your testosterone levels and, you know, the balance of your body and, like, you know, focusing on the quality of what you put in, on, and around you. You men are, are golden nuggets. Yeah. But and you're and I feel like you guys are increasing and like that's why it's so important to have men too. Like, you know, I'm I'm one of the women creators who like here to show the women, let's return to nature, ladies, and remember what it means to be a woman, remember what makes us special and remember how to amplify and cultivate what it means to be the true essence of woman, the the highest expression of woman. I'm getting there. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there and I and I wanna and I wanna take my sisters with me. And you feel Yeah. And and I and and having men I get asked all the time, who's who's the male? I love your stuff, but it's mostly for women. Like who's the male equivalent of you? I'm like, you and probably Santa Cruz Medicinals, Brendan, are like really the two males I see besides like carnivore Aurelius, but like it's you know like it's so it's so important what yeah. you're doing men need so much direction and are losing all of us are losing integrity honor discipline true connection we're all in utter chaos and mentally spiritually emotionally and physically and that causes a breakdown in our ability to work together as a symbiotic yin and yang man and woman mm-hmm. and then here you have everyone so disconnected from from like what it really means to be a human and to cultivate real bonds. It's it's mm. the test for a man, it's the test for a woman too, to be able to like, you know, forego all of this brainwashing that we're receiving left and right and be able to like stay focused, stay honorable, keep your integrity and to set a positive example. Is that's like the best thing that we can do right now is to just set an example and yeah. you know by what we preach. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I just feel like I'm really, so this is funny. I had to, my, my content creation began in the, uh, in the spiritual community. Okay. Uh-huh. So I was on TikTok talking about Buddhism and meditation and all this stuff. And so that's where I kind of like built the basis of my following. Right. And then And so along with that comes going vegan and all this shit. I did that. And my body and my my mental health and my physical and spiritual well-being was fucking deteriorating. And so so I had this epiphany after, luckily, I know people who were vegan for like five, 10 years. I did it for like a year. And, um, And I just remember my... I, I still like I went and ate a steak and just like cried my eyes out. And I was like, this is what I fucking needed. So that sent me just long backstory. I want to I want to mainly focus on your journey, but like long backstory. Basically, oh, I, I was um, I started taking steroids at 17 years old. Oh. Um, so I so I wasn't on Xanax and all that shit like you were saying, but I uh. was I was a synthetic version of myself. So I was just, my chest, I mean, imagine 18 years old, my chest, my arms, sticking needles every day, all over my body, my arms, my every, everything, my back, um, every day for years. Why? Well, because so, so I, gr- I grew up in a small town here in Ohio and, um, 
basically it was at my little school. It was like either be a good athlete or like have good grades. And I was neither of those things. I was like, I was doing plays at the state theater telling everybody I'm going to be an actor. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and, uh, like I was wearing like skinny jeans and like gloves with the whole, with the fingers cut off in a school full of kids wearing You're work boots. You're so precious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I, I was a weirdo in high school too. Trust me. I like, I get it. Same. And so, and, and, you know, like you, I was, you know, I was, I never really like admitted, like admitted it, but I guess like I was bullied in a way for sure. Like definitely like people were like this, you know, calling me like gay or whatever. Like, oh, he's such a pussy. Like, all right. Um, so, so when I got introduced to the weights at 17 to the weight room, like, and then oh, I, I went all in. Cause I was like, oh, if I'm big and scary, everyone's going to notice me. So I just, <laughs> I, I went all in. I completely lost my soul in the process it got to the point where i was taking i was taking so much shit that i was so depressed that i ended up getting on anxiety meds and all this stuff and my grandma and my mom like they're they're like lost in the western medicine world and they were just trying to do their best to help me they're like oh he's depressed let's go get him on meds but it's like no it's because i'm sticking chemicals made in somebody's sink in china in my fucking chest every day disgusting Mm. Yeah. So, I, so right, right around my 21st birthday, I do acid for the first time. And I, I swear, true story, I woke yep. up the ne- woke up the next day, never touched steroids again. I never even went yep. back to the gym. Never even went back to the fucking gym. I became a real estate agent, went through this whole process, started doing mushrooms twice a week, and like just like went down this whole other path. Um, yeah. But so I really relate on the like, We become like we I feel like in a lot of the population struggling with this, we are like synthetic shells of what nature intended us to be. And so anyway, just to tie it all back with the spiritual thing, I lost tons of followers. Now I'm growing more than ever. But in the beginning, when I started, when I had this awakening, because everybody thinks that like realizing, oh, I'm a soul having the human experience. That's not the awakening. That's that's not the awakening. The fucking awakening is what you and I are talking about right now is taking back your goddamn humanity. Cause all these, all these fucking spiritual people, I'm going to clip this up and roast them. All these fucking spiritual people, they, 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 you, you become quote unquote, I don't even like the word anymore. You become spiritual. It's the worst. It's the worst. And then you, want to des you want to live in other realms because you think they're better than humanity and then you deny your humanity you shit on your humanity you say it doesn't matter you treat your person your body like shit and because you're so focused on these floaty realms that you're not even actually reaching it's this terrible terrible space and when i started talking about this stuff everybody's like oh my god you have gone you you've gone back the other way you're you're in the matrix and i'm like you guys are fucking lost you guys have no testosterone left in your fucking body you're eating soy spiritual yeah literally to to deprive their body of the resources it needs to function properly and be able to interact with this reality like at the highest level that you can but then you know they think speaking in soft voices and never hurting a soul you know and like conveying this persona that is so it's still real you know like 
I I I keep it real. I tell it like it is. I cuss. Yeah. I had a bunch yeah. of bullshit happen, and I had an ego death. But it wasn't fun. It wasn't pretty, and it wasn't because of plant medicine. It was because of fucking real shit, man. It was mm. dealing with trauma and going into the darkness and having every single part of me broken away to this to this little vulnerable girl that was terrified of life and had to completely rebuild from ground zero, like. And that shit isn't fun. It's not pretty. It's not cute to talk about. And, you know, this is and like it's it's different. You know, these people, it's like it's like a costume they wear spirituality. And I'm like, have you ever really dealt with anything really difficult that's forced you to to like really surrender and like figure your shit out and like let go of all these ideas you've had about yourself and how you present yourself to people. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. And then, and then they shit on other people for not being spiritual enough. It's like the vegan, you know, people tell me, people tell me that I'm, uh, I thought you were spiritual. I thought you'd be vegan. You talk. About yeah, all everybody this. tells me that. But, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. And now I'm eating raw meat too. And like, you're going to shit on me for that. But like, this is the way it's gotta be. Like, you know, when you start getting down into it, like the, the veganism, it's pushed, bro. That is part of the matrix. You see Bill Gates buying 40% of all agricultural land. They're pushing eating bugs. They're pushing eating soy. They're pushing eating fake bullshit meat that's soaked in canola oil, gums, you know, seal, like all kinds of nasty shit that's causing all the disease. And they want you to stop eating the most ancestral healing foods. The, the, the most amazing resources that you can put in your body. They want you to stop doing that. You think you're outside of the system, bro, by, by eating vegan and that you're not hurting a soul. Okay. What about all the, what about all the emissions that, you know, those jets are putting out by importing every single food that's on your plate today, dude. No, we're talking about eating from our environment. There's nothing more regenerative. There's nothing more ethical than getting your meat from a happy cow that was raised by someone in your community by getting raw milk from the lady that lives 45 minutes north that's just trying to put food on our table by, by living in alignment with nature. Like there mm -hmm. is nothing more connected to earth, nothing more connected to the source than eating this way. But we've been so brainwashed to think that all meat, all animal-based is this is this like terrible factory farms picture that's painted of the right. animals being used and all that parasites, bro, you want to talk about parasites? Let's talk about parasites. Like, you know, it's not as scary as you think. Like I see people saying parasites cause all disease. I'm like, no, they absolutely do. This is that same pathological thinking, the same allopathic thinking that the whole Western medicine model is built on by saying that mold and parasites are causing all disease is the same as saying that all bacteria and viruses are causing all disease. It's still, it's still germ theory. It's still saying that, you know, these things that are, that are naturally present in our environment are what's causing all the disease when we know that it's the seed oils, the, the hydrogenated oils, you know, all the of synthetic, these heavy metals, like all kinds of life stuff. Is yeah. a, all these synthetic chemicals that we're ingesting that we're breathing. It's, it's fucking crazy. Every single day, at every hour of the day, literally. Like, no, it couldn't possibly be in the last hundred years. The the right, like when everything used to be in glass, and now everything's in plastic. And now you're seeing plasticenta, where microplastics are in placenta, they're in baby poop, they're in breast milk, they're in sperm, they're in semen, microplastics, and all these chemicals too. PFAs, um, you, you like like 
these things, like the studies, the evidence shows these things are present in, in places that are supposed to be pure and, and free of toxins, but because they're so ever present in our soil and our water and our air and our food, it's like, how, how are we not talking about that more? It is, it is definitely coming more and more into the mainstream, which is really cool to see. And, you know, my clients, like, it's, it's so cool to get to talk to these young 18, 19, 20 year old girls, young women who are, you know, ahead of me. Like when I was at that age, you know, they're, they're doing the, the toxin free shampoos and conditioners, you know, they're, they're getting rid of all these environmental toxins. They're starting to eat liver, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, God damn, like there might be hope for us yet. This is so cool. Like people really are realizing that they have more control than what we're taught, which is yeah. super cool. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that become trendy um, there's a lot of fads, but I think that the ancestral, quote unquote, ancestral way of living is like the one trend that we need to like all go all in on. Because here's the simple fact. I mean, the, what we have currently going on is, is hell on earth. Yeah. It's hell on earth. And everybody wants to bring up all these things and, and say all these claims that aren't even true. Like, you know, like, oh, well, hunter gatherers, you know, they, uh, they don't live as long and all these things, which, which isn't true. If you go like, I love, have you, have you looked into studies that have been done with the Hadza in Africa, the hunter gatherer tribe? Um, no, I like, I've heard of the Hadza and, but I haven't actually myself read the studies. Yeah, I mean, basically, and I am just so you know, like, I'm like the least like scientific person. I'm very intuitive. That's why I like to have people who have like real information on my podcast. I had a, I had a PhD in molecular pharmacology come on the other day and he was like break, breaking down all this stuff about mushrooms and about meat and all that. It was very cool. It was really good. Um, but anyway, um, Shit, where are they going? I started thinking about them. <laughs> Doesn't the Hadza tribe have like some of the, the highest workers? Well, yeah, that's the thing is that they're like an 80 year old there and an 80 year old here. I mean, it is like night and day difference in terms of metabolic health. Those people are walking miles a day. Meanwhile, our 80 year olds here are 360 pounds sitting in, a, yeah. sitting, sitting in a scooter. I mean, people that are 55 are sitting in a scooter at the grocery store, piling their cart with fucking garbage. And you know what? This, I, I think what really, because I don't, I th I'm sure you feel the same way. I don't know how I got blessed or cursed with this great passion for like real health. You know, I think a lot of it comes from my steroid abuse and all the, yeah. all the poor quality meat I was eating, all the poor quality carbs I was eating. And just the intention behind it, because the only intention I had was to build this outer shell that looked a certain way. Now, I, people tell me I look way fucking better and I don't even try. I don't even think about it. I'm literally yeah. just trying to feel good. I'm trying to shit well. I'm trying you to have energy. Inside out. It's energetic. Yes. and it's, it's an inside it's job. So much deeper than just how you look because when you 
function at a better level inside, first of all, your frequency is much better. Your electromagnetic frequency is much higher and you emanate this glow. You're happier and it resonates literally from the inside out. People can just, people can feel it yep. and it, and it, and it changes our like visual perception too. But yeah, absolutely. I get, I get the same, I get the same stuff. You're glowing, blah, 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 blah. And you know, like, Man, and, and I and I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface. Like, right, same. I'm like, we're in our 20s, you know? This is awesome. I, think you're probably in I feel 20s, like I'm going to be in peak condition when I'm like 40 or like older, right. you know? Like, I yeah. seriously feel like I've just started. And it's just so wild how much ground you can cover in, in such a short period of time with your health journey while also be barely scratching the surface. Like there's yeah. so many things that we can do to keep elevating our health and our, you know, entire being. And once you get over that hump of that really hard part of breaking those really bad habits and breaking through all of, you know, kind of the, the, the side effects or the uncomfortable parts of, you know, stopping drinking, having to get through the insomnia, you know, the withdrawals or whatever it is, the cravings. And then you get through and start reaping the benefits and start feeling the effects of, you know, creating these small changes that compound into one big effect. And then it becomes fun. Mm. Then it becomes fun to keep right. getting better, to keep elevating, to keep adding in these different practices and, you know, more and more nutrient dense foods and eliminating more things that are not contributing to your highest self. And then, it's just, it's all over from there. Well, and life, life actually literally. becomes fun. Life is actually like fun. You wake up in the morning, you have energy, you, you're passionate, yeah. you're, yeah. you know, it's this whole thing. Um, yeah. Absolutely love this. We are, we are on the forefronts of one of the biggest revolutions in human history, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, we are totally people like you and I and the communities we're building we are literally taking this entire societal norm, halting it and turning it around 180 and like coming back like, no, fuck this. Yeah. Fuck this shit. Fuck yeah. these chemicals. Fuck these mind numbing drugs. Nope. Yeah. 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 And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, here's the thing. No one's making you play. <clears throat> no one's making you play. You're guilted into playing. It's 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 very easy to play. And then no we go, well, everything play. gives you cancer. Every Well, if everything is so toxic, what's the point? I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And I'm like, I used to have that same mentality, bro. And then when I actually started getting healthy and like cutting this stuff out and realizing the difference between a lifespan and a health span, which, you know, we know also with the life, oh, you know, your ancestors died at 30. No, that's because how to lie with statistics, our friend, Gil Bates over there with his favorite book in that picture, How to Lie with Statistics, they were including fetal deaths in averaging mm -hmm. those numbers also. Right. And right. when you average a number using fetal deaths, like, of course, the number is going to come down dramatically. When you average 80, 90 with zero, it's, it's going to make a difference. And the reason we had so many fetal deaths was because of People were living on bread. I'm sorry, but there's no no real nutrition in bread when you're living in feces and you know breathing. If you're crapping in your house 
and you have no filtration system and you're just breathing that air in and like, you, you know, it, like it's, and then you're burning coal in your fireplace in your house that has no ventilation. Yeah. Hello. Not good. Mercury. Like not great. Right. Yeah. And then we're like, Ooh, black plague. And you're like, no, it is also probably because people were burning coal in their houses that have no ventilation. Like, mm. and then, but it's, it really is wild. Like we make all of these excuses because yeah. oh, why do we want to defend this mean, bullshit lifestyle we've been handed? We like want to defend it. We're so brainwashed. It's, it's addictive to be a victim. It's mm -hmm. addictive to be like, what can I do? And to hand away your power because it's easy. It's the path of least resistance. I used to follow this path myself. People don't want to do the hard work. They don't want to believe they have any control because that means that they're going to have to be disciplined and have mm. willpower. Take accountability. Exactly. People don't want to believe that it's their fault. No, they, 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 they want to live in that victim mind state so that they don't have to exactly take responsibility and then subsequently work hard. Like yeah. people, people don't work hard anymore, whether right. it's at themselves, whether it's at their job, whether it's at, you know, building a business or being a parent, like people don't, people want the easy way out and to, and to give away and outsource responsibility and control. So that they, Sad. you know, don't feel terrible about themselves. The people in, and like, but that's part of the process is, is going, fuck, like this sucks. That's shitty. You know, I had no idea. I've been doing this to myself. Um, all right. Like it's up to me. So I'm going to do it. But like, for some reason, that's so hard mm. for so many people to go. It, it's my fault. And to, and to like own up to, but, but I feel like that's where a lot of these like, divisive political agendas and arguments and everything and the division comes from is by fostering that that mentality of I can't be wrong mm. and you know giving away power type of type of mindset because you you see this really really especially on the hardcore left but even there's like right side extremists too that like it's just all you know the it's all Biden it's all Trump like you know, and, and by, it's still giving away power. It's still oh, yeah. two, two wings of the same bird, dude. Like, you, yeah, maybe one side is like a little bit better than the other, but like, there's no change that can happen in the system. The change happens with you. It happens with exactly. you. It happens with me. It's, it's inside you. It's up to every single individual person to better themselves and then unite as a one people. There's, but in order to do that, you have to take responsibility. And but hard. Okay. I don't know. So I I I totally agree. And so you're talking about bettering yourself. I think this is a good segue because I feel like you and I both are very like bold. Like our message is very like fucking wake up, you know. Um, and I do people on TikTok, the softies will, and I and I'm with that. I don't feel bad about that one bit. Um, but the people will tell me like, Hey, like less shaming, more information. And I'm like, I'm not shaming. I'm bringing light to the situation. I'm not shaming you because yeah. we've, we're all in the same boat. I don't think I'm fucking I'm better sure. dummy. We're all, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. But so I want to like bring like some practical things that people can do. Like when, like for your average person out there who's in their twenties, that's because the people listening are like in their twenties, thirties even teens. It's like for these people, 
you know, they're pro- they're on probably on some kind of medication. You know, my, my fiance was put on Adderall when she was five years old and took it for 20 years almost. Isn't that disgusting? A five-year-old. Anyway, we could get into we could get into that and how fucked up yeah. that whole thing is and how the fact that it's like it's like we're t- so the way I look at it, because I microdose every day and I have little kids. I have kids, you know, I'm looking at my and I'm looking at them and I'm looking at my, my little baby and I'm just like, how fucking crazy that this little fungal body that belongs to nature, this little fungal body that should be running around out in the sun. We stick them in a classroom with fluorescent lighting all day, separated from the parents. Still no, no. And no real nutrition, right? And then they they want to get up and run around and talk to their friends, and we say that they are ill for that. So we sedate them, yeah. How fucking this this? I think this is my oh, greatest. People. You know, they say I used to never know what I was passionate about, and I heard a quote one time that was like, "Well, if you don't know what you're passionate about, find out what brings you the most pain." And then you use that as your fuel. And I think that this is, this is a big part of what brings the most pain to me. I think this is fucking sick. I think it's fucking terrible. But anyway, for your average person out there, might be on medications. They're, you know, eating Subway for lunch. They're, you know, they have some job they hate. Like, what are some, I want to hear your, your perspective on this. Like, what are practical things that people can do to start, for me, I'll just say for me, I believe in massive action. So wh- what I mean by that is like quitting your job, like going cold turkey, everything, like like figuring it out, like quitting your job, oh, like starting a whole new diet. That's how I think that's, you should do that's it. That's how I'm too, but, okay. not, but, but, not, but not everyone has like, and, and, I, and I work with a lot of clients, some are able to cold turkey, a lot of stuff. Some need more smooth transition because you have to think about sustainability. For a lot of people, it's not sustainable to quit doing everything all at once and to like completely switch over to this other lifestyle because that can be a lot to maintain for one person, especially like depending on what their lifestyle is, if they're in school, if they have a soul crushing job that they can't at the moment leave, if they're in a really toxic house that they live in. There's a lot of circumstances and factors that play into people's ability to transition over to, you know, let's call it an optimal lifestyle. Um, And so I think, I I think at first replacing things is, is like, you know, whether it's the bread you eat to Ezekiel bread or a high quality sourdough without enriched flour, incorporating more healthy fats into your diet, switching your oils that you cook with, you know, with, um, you know, tallow, ghee, grass-fed butter. Um, I'm obsessed with grass-fed butter, by the way. I'm so obsessed with butter. It's like my, my meals these days are like butter with a side of beef. Yeah, (laughs) literally. Anyway, it's the best. I, I feel you, but, and, but fat is so important too, because it neutralizes toxins. And so, and it's also so important for hormone balance, for nutrient synthesis. And so it's, it's, it's really valuable, I think, for people to just start adding in, like add in, buy a grass-fed beef liver that's chemical-free, no hormones, no antibiotics, 
cut it up into tiny pieces, freeze them, throw them in a glass container, and then take out four to 10 at a time so that you can take them as pills, um, one to three ounces a day, and boom, like there's your multivitamin. And then eventually, you know, make sure you're getting quality sleep, you know, and, but I do this with my clients. I say, I say, do like a week by week type of step breakdown, however long it takes to solidify one step, then move on to the other one. If it takes a week, two weeks, three weeks to solidify just incorporating liver into your everyday routine, and then start going out in the sun in the morning, instead of just keeping your face in your phone for the first hour or two of you being up, you know, get up and just go and get direct sunlight, even if it's for five minutes, have your bare feet connected to the earth to help with EMS, you know, interference and to help like recalibrate lower inflammation. Um, while you get unadulterated sun in your eyes, which can help, you know, regulate your circadian rhythm, stimulate proper cortisol, helps to, you know, stimulate proper melatonin production at the end of your evening, get rid of blue light at the end of the night. If you can't, you study, you're in school, get, get blue light glasses, blue light blocking glasses. And um, it's just, I think, starting to incorporate these small habits that over a little amount of time show you positive benefits. And then you're more likely to go deeper because yeah. and, you go, and to okay. cut out the shit that's harming you exactly but it's hard for some people you know set a goal so if you eat fast food three days a week just set a goal to do one day a week and then eventually when you get down to there do once a month and then you know it's it's so important because like some people have to phase this stuff out because it if you know by by cutting it out completely it can cause like a really heavy binge relapse Mm. And I, I see this a lot of the time. And, um, but yeah, like, but some things, cause like some, some medications people can't just stop if they're taking an antidepressant, like that's something you have to taper off of. Mm. And cause, cause there can be like, that's how chemically dependent your body is on the SSRIs that if you completely remove it, you can have some really severe health side effects. Mm. And so like, not everyone like you and I can just stop taking, like I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, I stopped taking all medications, boom, cold turkey. Yep. And not everyone can do that. And so I try not to totally promote that sort of thing because it, it ah, like you want to believe that everyone has the ability to critically think and, and to do their own research and whatever, but not everyone does. And so I don't want to like too much, like, you know, get off your medications right now. But, you know, if you start incorporating all of these things, cutting out the fast food, incorporating nutrient dense foods that provide your body with the resources to function properly, do a castor oil pack, do a castor oil pack once every two weeks while you're trying to get rid of toxins so that you can, you know, clear drainage pathways, increase your body's ability to detoxify properly, you know, improve lymphatic function, sweat, my God, like, you know, just, just go sit in your shower once a week, not in your shower, but in your bathroom with your shower turned on the highest setting, go sit in there once, twice a week for like 15, 20 minutes, sweat, you know, and, and help your body, help your lymphatic system to get moving and release those toxins. You know, our body stores so many toxins because our liver and our lymphatic system are, 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 are sluggish. They're not, a, they're not able to get rid of these, especially when you have so many thousands and thousands, not millions of toxins in our environment at all times. 
that our bodies were not evolved to adequately excel. You know, right. you, you really do have to kind of add in these things, but it's a lifestyle and it's really important to start incorporating things kind of one, one or two things at a time for an extended period of time, whatever is, whatever is realistic for the person, everyone's different. And then once they start seeing the benefits, they're going to be like, okay, I've heard about this. I've heard about this. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to try this, cut out that. And then boom, 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 boom. They're like, holy shit. I'm a new person. Okay. I get what I get what they're I get what they're saying now, and so it's it's important I think to give people realistic um, expectations and steps because there are a lot of us that are have the fucking willpower, the discipline, and the drive because we've we've been at the lows. But there's some people with autoimmunity and cancer or you know various issues where their energy levels are so freaking low that like it's it's difficult. And I've been there where like my energy levels are so, so, so low. And so you have to like make a couple radical shifts. And then when you start, you know, then, then it gets easier, but it's that journey where, you know, the first part is the hardest part, just getting started, just staying consistent for that first month or two is the hardest part. And it's easier and then it gets fun. And so it's just important to remember that. Very well said. I like that. This, this is like, I, I am a terrible teacher. Like I am, I, I think I view what I'm doing more as like, I think a, you're a terrible a, teacher. well, I, well, I teach in my own way, but I feel like it's, I yeah. feel like my, my YouTube, Instagram, TikTok is all a documentary of a guy who didn't give a fuck what anybody else thought. <laughs> And I, I feel like, you know, like, instead of like, I don't feel like I do well, like saying like, do this, do that. Like, it's more of like, it's more of like a very broad, intuitive yeah. story of a guy yeah. who, who just did, who just did followed his heart and followed yeah. his soul. So that's why Your I like. Story is so important. Be, and like, that's why it's so important for there to be a cornucopia, a smorgasbord, a whole variety of us in the community preaching different variations of the same gospel because your method, your journey is going to resonate with certain people, whereas mine's going to resonate with other people. And so having a whole, you know, assortment of different creators, influencers, coaches, teachers that are showing you different ways to get to the same place is really important because there's so much nuance that, you know, can't always be accounted for and we're people. We're all unique. We all have different foundations of health. We all have different genetics. We all have different mindsets. We all come from different circumstances. And so it's important for there to be many paths to the same, like relatively the same destination. And so it's, don't ever shit on yourself for that. You're like- No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not. Trust me. I know I'm the shit. I'm just saying it like, I'm just saying like, (laughs) like, uh, the way you broke that down was very nice. That's what I was getting at. It was, you know, it was, it, you know, um, I'm curious to know your, what is your Zodiac sign? I'm a Libra. So I'm my, my big three is Libra, Leo, Leo, and then I'm Virgo, Virgo, Leo. And then like, whatever the other ones are. I don't know. I'm not like super into astrology. What are you? I'm not super into it either, but I do find it fascinating more and more. Um, I'm, I'm a, I was born on the very first day of Gemini season. Um, 
May 21st. So, uh, what, yeah. what is that on the cusp on then? Aries. Aries. Okay. Is that earth and fire then? Um, Gemini is, uh, an air, air sign. Air. Yeah. That shows, I know, like, I really don't know, but we're both no, air. But- <laughs> yeah, me either. It was just, it was just curious. Cause like, if you were to told me that you were a Gemini, I don't think I would have been surprised. Um, but, but Libra, <laughs> Li- Libra, yeah. like one of, so one of my favorite humans in the world is Russ, the artist. Um, I don't know if you know him. Music uh, artist. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, um, he's a Libra. That's, I think that's really? the only. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. He's, yeah he's, 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 definitely like a wonderful performer and like amazing oh, well, artist yeah well like he, we could go into all this shit he's like one of the i've studied that man's life for the past five years inside and out and yeah um he's one of my one of my he was like somebody who really just rebelled against the mainstream and like cool. fucked the matrix you know so very cool um yeah. Yeah, i was i was just curious about that because <laughs> i was i was watching you speak with all this passion and energy and i'm like fuck yeah that's fucking awesome um i just i'm so grateful yeah. to be here with the passion too man like i mean it, it's it's really wild how much fire and how much passion can ignite your life and like really propel you forward and how like a lot of these stagnant people in the world is because they have no connection to their purpose to their passion to but like you know they say that real purpose is connected to in some way helping others and that's that's where you know where you said you know kind of what drives our purpose and how you can find your passion is connecting it to your pain and by connecting it to our pain we kind of you know when you're when you're a person who's connected with your empathy and everything, you go, I don't want other people to have to experience what I went through. And, you know, by lighting that fire and really informing ourselves and building that foundation of really being able to, to help guide people in the right direction is just so powerful. And man, to live every single day with purpose is just, there's not, there's really nothing like it. And I wish, I wish that everyone could, could taste it you know the world would be Same. a much more beautiful and amazing place if we I mean eventually there'd be relatively no issues and if we know anything about humanity and and just life itself not even humanity because in every aspect of life is duality there is no light without dark no good without bad and you know if if we had no adversity or challenge or hardship everything would be blase and just this, you know, stagnant level. So it is no meaning. Exactly. You know, there's, there's, there's no reason to live purposeful if, and, and to be able to like really experience those highs. I feel like, you know, for me, I get to feel life in full color because I have been to hell and back and, many aspects of life in my early adulthood and all kinds of stuff, things I will share. I'm, I'm feeling really compelled to share some more details about my early adulthood soon here, even though they're embarrassing and things I don't necessarily feel um, proud of, I still wouldn't change them. And I think it's important for people to know that like 
this is another thing I hate about the spirit the, the, the spiritual community, not hate, but like, you know, just feel it just doesn't resonate with me being everything sunshine and rainbows all the time. You should always be positive and you know, everything should be sunshine and rainbows and smiles and you should never think any negative thoughts ever. I just think that's bullshit. I just, I don't think I that's real. I think it's, I think it's ignorant and I think it's shameful too, to people who, you know, are human. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, are we never going to go through hard times and, and have to confront certain dark parts of ourselves or, or harsh realities of the world also? Or are we just going to pretend everything's fine always? Like, that's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, but I agree. We wouldn't be able to experience the, 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 the full beauty and happiness and bliss that the world has to offer if we didn't also have to experience the dark the sadness the anger the resentment what you know but you have to work through that stuff and able to be able to fully experience mm. the, the beauty that this life has to offer but that's the duality there are terrible things going on in the world and you know i'm i'm sure it's it's just part of the yin and the yang the dark and the light the good and the bad like we want to get to a more balanced place of where it's the darkness isn't so prevalent and like that's where we're headed mm. but in order to kind of come back down to a state of equilibrium and like true balance like the darkness right now for sure kind of outweighs the the, the light right now we're in a spiritual war right now it's good versus evil it's energetic it's spiritual this is this is a war that's you know goes so much deeper than just the physical level and the material level and so, and it, but it's really important for people to understand that cultivating and and like you know building a relationship with the dark and and dealing with it and transmuting it and welcoming it in a sense to be able to fully experience and raise our vibration because like you, you can't you can't truly raise your vibration you can't truly see your highest level of healing if you do not acknowledge the darkness which is mm. kind of shadow work and just like understanding how the world works. You know, people can get into a really um, kind of nihilistic and pessimistic frame of mind when you like really acknowledge it, but it's, it's this balance. It's this balance of being able to acknowledge it. I see that it's there. How can I process this? How can I, how can I become aware of it in a way that it's, it's conscious so that I can, you know, expand into this more, high vibrational way of thinking, way of living, way of being. But you can't do that by ignoring it and pretending that everything is okay, if that makes sense. I know I, I have a yeah. really close friend that that like refuses to acknowledge the trauma and things that happen to her and like the darkness that goes on in the world. And because of it, she's like in utter chaos in her heart and in her mind. Very good person. I love her. She's like a sister to me. But it's it just kind of like breaks my heart that people who like really refuse to acknowledge the darkness are really limiting their reality and their ability to transcend, heal, and expand. Mm. Well said. Totally, totally separate question. Do you eat any plants? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Which I ones? have I have a garden, so obviously eating fruit is the best 
thing that you can do if you're going to eat plants. Um, I still eat some vegetables mostly because I have a garden mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just, I am working more towards, I'm just very busy right now. I'm moving at the end of the month too. And so I just kind of have to take all of the nourishment resources I can where I get it. But optimally I'd be eating, you know, like hydrating fruits, like cucumber, sometimes tomato, as long as it's like an heirloom varietal in the morning, you're doing, you know, eggs. I do raw meat and like, that's a whole nother discussion, but I still eat some cooked meats because again, like I have to prioritize and it's that sustainability. Like for me right now in my life, I can't go all raw meat right now because of the discipline it takes. And, you know, I'm, I'm just being honest, but like, yeah. um, why are you doing raw? I eat my okay. meat. I eat my meat rare. Mm -hmm. So I, I cook it like the inside is pretty much raw, um, yeah. but like straight up raw. I'm curious to know, like, why, why make that shift? So the whole thing behind eating raw meat and even like fermented raw meat, like, so I'm working on getting myself to eating even like rotting, like rotting liver, rotting raw liver, um, fermented, because like you think, think about, think about fermentation. What is it? It's bacteria. It's microbes breaking down plant foods, whether it's sauerkraut, it's kimchi, you know, we understand that fermenting tofu and whatever makes the nutrients more available, right? The same, it's the same with meat that the, the Eskimos, the Eskimos, uh, Inuits in like very northern Arctic tribes eat only raw meat, raw fat, mostly raw fat. Their diet's like 70% raw fat. But what they'll do is they'll bury, they'll bury meat. And like China does this, China does this with the 100 year raw egg. Uh, down in uh, Okinawa, they eat raw horse, they eat raw, um, raw chicken, they eat raw. In Japan, I've been to Japan, they crack raw eggs with the white and everything on everything. And we, and we're like, oh, they're a blue zone. No, they eat, they eat raw meat, bro. <laughs> like it's, and then raw fish, you think about it. But, you know, um, but by rotting raw meat, liver, it's called high meat, high liver, whatever it is. But the Arctic tribe, they'll bury a huge chunk of whale meat and they'll leave it raw, you know, buried for months, months at a time, weeks, months at a time. And they'll go back and eat it. And it can literally cause this like almost euphoric state because it's so easy for your body to access and utilize those nutrients. It takes way less time to digest, way less time to synthesize nutrients and can increase your energy like a hundredfold. And so there's like studies and um, work done. You should look into the work of Ogenes von der Planet. But he was this nutritionist that worked for decades and decades, had been eating raw meat for like 45 years or something crazy like that, cured a ton of his illnesses. He had bone cancer, um, autism from a vaccine, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's worked with thousands of people and he conducted his own experiment. This guy was potentially um, like um, assassinated too. Um, this guy is absolutely fucking brilliant. But he studied different tribes, you know, studied the work of um, Weston A. Price. And like in these tribes, there's African tribes that eat like all raw animal products and they have no cavities, like no cavities ever, no disease, no health problems, high biomarkers. And it's the same with the, the Inuits. 
But, um, and then like in China, they eat the hundred year old egg where they leave a raw egg to rot for like a hundred years and it's considered a delicacy. Yeah, it's literally considered a delicacy. But the, the, the idea of eating raw meat is that you're not compromising any of the micronutrients. So think about it, like cooking causes the production of acrylamides, it destroys nutrients. Yes, it breaks down fat and like connective tissue a little more. But if you do like, you know, a pate or you ferment it, which a lot of cultures do, you make it so much easier for your body to access these nutrients. And there's very little research, very little. Like people say, oh, like the studies of raw meat versus cooked meat, uh, humans' brains grew, um, you know, when we discovered fire because we started cooking meat. That is purely speculative. That like, do you really think it's because we started cooking meat or do you think it's because we were able to conserve more energy because we could see in the dark, our, our nervous systems could regulate better because you're not constantly in fight or flight mode because you can't see, you're not on high alert all the time and you're conserving energy by not trying to stay warm all night. Like, mm. Yeah, those are huge factors. Huge. The, the nervous system thing is so underrated. People don't understand how, I mean, I've just been observing myself this past year with my business and my, you know, the things going on with me, like the nervous system that changes your life in such a way. It does. It, does. Yeah. it really anyway, does. Back, back to your point. No, no, thank you. Um, but you know, it's, with the raw eggs, the raw liver, like I'm sure you're seeing raw liver, like really pick up speed. It's, it is quite literally because all of those enzymes are still active, you know, digestive enzymes, the amino acids, the nutrients are uncompromised. It's like, think about raw milk. Why do we not heat it? Because it's to, it's to retain those active enzymes like lactase that help us to digest or process lactose. And we're maintaining more nutrients by not heating it. Heating and freezing destroys nutrients. This is not new information. We've known forever. Like, why, why does slow cooking maintain more nutrients? You know, using a crock pot or whatever, braising, slow roasting, and, you know, slow cooking things. It's because you're cooking it on a lower temperature and it maintains, it retains more nutrients. And so this is the idea with raw meat and by, you know, and like raw meat has a higher vibration than cooked meat. You're like literally killing those live cells. Think about raw bone marrow. It has active stem cells when it's never been heated, never been frozen. But if you heat it or freeze it, you destroy those stem cells. And like, you know, raw meat, they have all kinds of beneficial microbes too for our microbiomes. And so it, there's there's a myriad of reasons as to why and the only argument the only argument really to not eat cooked meat is first of all well there's a couple arguments but like they're so easy to really squash but it's because we're so brainwashed in this allopathic way of thinking um but um they say the the fire discovering fire thing and the brain size but like there's other there's other things that could be more likely. It's all speculative, and who's telling us that it's the cooking of the meat? It's it's the people writing history, and so I think there's a reason they're doing that. But um, and then it's parasites. Mm. It's, it's parasites and it's bacteria. They go, oh, Salmonella E. coli. Okay, um, E. coli is a necessary part of your digestive system. 
it's the last phase of digestion in your digestive tract, E. coli. Um, and it, same with salmonella. Salmonella is present in our microbiome and in our digestive tract, and it is absolutely necessary for us to be able to digest. There is very little that we actually know as far as parasites go, and yet we're, we're speaking so, you know, Certain. It's crazy. It, it's crazy. I, I follow a couple people and they just do not stop with the parasite cleanse and parasites, parasites and all this stuff. And it doesn't resonate with me. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. I feel like with mold too, because it's yeah. not necessarily the mold itself. If you have mold in your house, what is the mold? feeding on? Is it feeding on drywall? Is it feeding on toxic paint? Because then the mold puts spores out into the air and then you can breathe that in. It's not necessarily the mold itself, but what the mold is feeding on. Like our ancestors used to eat moldy berries to help cure ailments. And so it's what, and like mold is, is breaking down things. And so when it's actually feeding on something organic biomatter, that is beneficial to us, it can actually break it down and make these, these um, antioxidants and nutrients more bioavailable for us. And so I was also under the impression that parasites, mold, and these things were what was like causing disease. But like, there was um, a study done on pigs um, with uh, uh, trichinosis, which is like the scariest parasite, whatever that you can get, which is why we're told not to eat pork or whatever, um, study done on pigs that had no trichinosis and how their health was deteriorating. Their, their behavior, their health was rapidly deteriorating. And then they took these pigs and gave them trichinosis, gave them this parasite, and then they were thriving afterwards. And so like what parasites can do, like they literally, they've literally, this company in Iowa has patented trichinosis or whipworm and put it into a supplement to help with IBS. They, so after the study done on pigs, they moved to a study on six people who had severe, severe IBS that had, um, and like the, the qualifications for the study were that these people, these six people had to have been trying um, medical, um, uh, medicalized care for at least 10 years, up to like 32 years with no, with no avail. And then they gave these people trichinosis, this parasite from pigs that's so terrifying. And within days, no symptoms, no symptoms. These are people that were having digestive issues just by drinking water, bloating just from drinking water, any food you put in your body, like it's that severe. And then boom, you give, you give them, you give them trichinosis and it's gone. Um, And so then after this, there was um, like, they started like patenting this so that people could buy it as like a supplement to help with their IBS, their digestive issues. And there's a lot, there's a lot of things like this, you know, like, you know, various parasites. Um, what is the parasite? Um, I don't know if it's whipworm or I can't remember. I have a, I have a link to it in my bio somewhere. There's so much information and I'm like learning so much stuff, but right. It's hard to keep track of it all, but how some parasites help to keep various um, microbes like E. coli and whatever in a balanced state in your body. We're an ecosystem. Who's to say that some of these parasites don't actually belong in our bodies? Like 
what are what are bacteria, fungi, and viruses? They're little microbes, and you know, essentially, parasites are like macrobes. Like they're they're just visible to the human eye, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're we're, we're saying they're the root cause, right? That's like allopathic thinking. That's saying that the virus is the root cause. That's saying the bacteria is the root cause. It's not saying that our terrain, our environment is the root cause. If if there is, you know, some some uh, parasite in the system that maybe doesn't belong in an optimal system, we don't ask why is it there? Why is that parasite there? Is it there to help, you know, some can help to keep things in check so you don't develop cancer? And so there's, but more information is kind of coming out but the but the general you know narrative is that parasites are all bad and i and some of some of my friends that are creators on you know big creators that have gotten a lot of exposure that is built on this narrative that parasites cause all disease we should be eating 80 percent fruit like i like you know, it seems like best, we've, it's like we've gone through this sterilization of humans like we we got to wash we don't want any germs we got to wash our hands we don't want meat touching anything make sure you wash your hands after you handle meat all this stuff it doesn't resonate with me you're more bacteria than you are cells friends yeah like it's necessary and then all these same people living thriving ecosystem yes it's billions trillions trillions of 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 living little organisms that keep us healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> that's trippy and and you're right this whole thing and and like you see kind of like the allopathic community these mds that have walked away from i have friends that are mds that have walked away from you know the modern medical healthcare system and it's so hard to break away from that frame of thought and they take on obviously a holistic approach but but I see that this 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 thought that all parasites are bad, this allopathic thinking still carries through. I've had to decolonate or decolonize my mind, my like philosophy on health of this way of thinking. And and it's really incredible, but like keeping an open mind is so key because we can hold, especially when we build our brands around this shit, like if you build a following, build a brand around this one frame of thinking, it's really, that makes it even more difficult to go, oh shit, maybe I was wrong. And to have the humility and ability to like learn about this and, and change direction. And so I think it's like that with a lot of vegans too. You know, you hear a lot of these vegans that have been vegan 10 plus years that are like pillars in the community. You catch them eating fish. You catch them eating Yeah, eating bone broth. Fish. A lot of them are on bone broth. Yeah. Yeah. Because- How sad like, is that happened? though? That you have to like keep up this lie. Like that is the worst way to live. That's the worst fucking way to live. That's it's miserable. So and what that really does though, is there is there- sacrificing they're sacrificing what's right and the health of their following too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is sad image and it's fucked it's selling out is what it is it's not actually having your audience's best interest at heart because the ego is at play here and don't get me Mm. wrong we all toy with our ego we all have you know a, a push and a pull with our mm. ego of where it's of, of where there's um, 
where there's a battle here. But like, you can't let your ego win, especially when it comes to saying what is best here for humanity. But like, it 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 is really interesting to me that it, it, it's selling out is what it is. But I I don't know. There's there's a lot of creators out there that. They'll, they'll they'll find out and I'm and I'm hoping that we can all you know come together and and just say let's let's just do and promote what we truly believe is is best for the world as a whole the collective because you know like we're not really getting anywhere by, by just saying, yeah. yeah it's your it's your synthetic um sterilized version of people and it is crazy how like people get people get so freaked out like um not using like sanitizer stuff like people get so wigged out I'm like what like don't you just wash stuff with soap and water at home like why are you why are you freaking out like not things shouldn't be sterilized if you're gonna stick your hand in a woman's vagina and uterus when she's giving birth yeah it should be sterile like you shouldn't be introducing your shit into her sterile environment the uterus is sterile previously but um you know you can't be healthy if you don't if you don't you know expose yourself to a diverse assortment of microbes mm. bacteria viruses um fungi because we're made of it. And mm -hmm. that's natural immunity right there. Like, how do you think we develop natural immunity? It's by coming into contact with all of these, all of these pathogens and allowing, they're not pathogens. Like that's, it's, it's, you know, there, sometimes there are things in the system that don't belong, but if you are, if you live a lifestyle that's conducive to breeding health, you know, we know cancer can't thrive in a healthy system. And so, if you eat optimal foods and live in an environment that's conducive to operating at a high and optimal level, like, you know, that means that you're also introducing these foods. So that's where like eating raw meat also comes in is, is giving my body beneficial microbes to function better. And like also these vegans are alkalizing their stomachs and, you know, we're said, Oh, you know, like alkalizing to, this number of like seven point something is, is like the, what even in the health community, they're like, is the optimal, you need acidity in your stomach. It's so stupid. And then vegans are like, I can't, oh, like my body doesn't agree with me and I couldn't process it. I'm like, it's because you've over alkalized your body and that's not necessarily a good thing. Like you need acidity, you need um, hydrochloric acid in your stomach to be able to process animal products and to be able to process fats, these vegans that are trying to incorporate more fats into their diet cannot even digest them because they're so alkaline. So they think that they're eating a balanced vegan diet. But when you think in terms of bioavailability, anti-nutrient, ability to digest, digest synthesized fat and whatever it is, because of how they've calibrated their acidity or alkalized level in their stomach, like and in their body it doesn't, it doesn't add up, but this is where all of this information is coming out. This is where Ajna's Fonder Planet's work is like really important, really enlightening, really cool. Um, but yeah, so I mean, 
I'm still on this and I've only had like I don't push this on my clients also eating raw meat like I'll, I'll try to get some of my clients to eat raw liver if I think that if I think that they're open to it but just eating an ancestral diet free of as many environmental toxins as you can possibly free up you know you're gonna see huge huge beneficial effect but I've had a couple I've had a couple of my clients be like so what's this whole raw meat thing like I'm curious like, tell me about it like I I maybe want to do it and I'm like I'm like, you know, <laughs> at your own, at your own pace and, you know, listen to your intuition, please do research, not that the research is easy to find because SEO and mainstream right. narrative, but. Dude, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm oh. fascinated with the rotting meat. I'm going to look into this because, you know, yeah. that's what, you know, when I first got started on the um, ancestral diet, I actually came upon it not through anybody talking about a carnivore diet, but actually because I have Native American roots. So just intuitively when I was like, my diet was falling apart and I was taking all these herbs and all this shit, I started doing, and it was so hard to find research. I was doing all this research on what were the Native Americans doing? And you really look into it and you see how they've taken the entire Native American culture and fucking smashed it into the ground and left nothing of it. You know, it's terrible what they did to the Native American culture. Mm. Um, but I really started looking into it and I was like, I was like reading into, um, like there were people that would go live with these Native American tribes and they wrote books about how they ate and like their vitality and how big and strong they were and how fast they were and how energized and vital they were and they were eating practically zero carbs like like for people like for native american tribes here in ohio i mean they were eating 90 percent animal products and a lot of time and you know you really and it's not just some mate this isn't speculative this is like documented how prized the raw organs of animals are like this is documented everybody thinks like i feel like all around prize raw organs and no one wants the muscle meat and now what has happened you know our our grandparents used to eat liver heart gizzard you know kidney all kinds of stuff and then now we only eat the muscle meat And now in our culture our society here in the u.s we think organs are disgusting like it's crazy how just generations it can happen like that Right. And not only that, but now we're scared of fat. So everybody wants this 90, 10, you know, like, you know, the, we don't even want the fat we're turning into, we just want muscle. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's your choline, your taurine or, you know, whatever there's things in there, but this right. is what's really prized. This is what the native Americans prize. This is what these tribes in Africa that they study prize. This is what even packs of wolves the alpha wolf. I don't know if you saw this. This guy living with wolves documented this. This is crazy. The alpha wolf goes to the kill and eats the liver. And that's how he establishes his dominance. This guy that lived with them is crazy. He brought a kill in front of them and he grabbed the liver and started growling at these wolves. He's like, ah, and he's like eating the liver. And they all like hailed him as like the alpha wolf because he had the liver. It's crazy. <laughs> Yes, there's a, there's a tribe in Africa. I forget which, ah, uh, fuck. I forget what they're called. But they, and this is right now during the 2020s. Like, this is going on in Africa right now. They, the liver is so prized that human hands aren't even allowed to touch it. 
Like the liver is like king in all these scenarios. But anyway, people think it's just a filter for toxins. It's not that it's responsible for over 300 functions in the body, one of which being converting T4 into T3, thyroid hormone. Mm. It's to synthesize nutrients to get rid of excess hormones. And it stores, it stores nutrients. It doesn't store toxins. It filters them, gets them out immediately, but it stores nutrients to use for later, which is why it's so nutrient dense. And it's so like, people just have all these misconceptions about liver, but yeah, it is a prize to behold and should be consumed by us every single day, but only one to three ounces. It shouldn't be as a, as a substitute for meat. Right. It should be as a supplement, only one to three ounces because you can get like vitamin A toxicity if you eat too much, but that's right. because it's so rich in these bioavailable nutrients and eating it raw is key. Really? Yeah. All of liver supplements are either freeze dried or most of them are heated. And so like, of course it's still better than eating no liver, but it's best to go straight to the source and it's better for your community. It's better for the environment and it's better for your wallet too. It's not 40, 50, $60 monthly supplements that don't even have the same level of nutrients in them as if you were to eat the liver raw, which is $5 a month. If you're getting it at the right place, like it's so people are giving away the fucking liver. But it's important to make sure it's definitely picking up popularity. And so I'm seeing liver consistently as it should be eaten pasture raised, hundred percent grass fed chemical, like hormone and antibiotic free. Because like, if you think about if the animal's sick, their organs are not going to be healthy. And so it is really important when you're consuming organs to make sure that they're very high quality and, and toxin free. Definitely. But, um, and as yeah. l- I'm also big on the, the locality of my food. Like yeah. I try, I try to get as local as possible. There's a guy I'm getting from now. He literally lives around the corner and all his beef is raised right here under the sun, grass fed, grass finished. No, like that's the best way to do it. Um, only way the- to do it. We only need a couple farmers really in our immediate communities to be able to sustain us on. If we all had our own yeah. garden, my God, dude, if we all had our own gardens, our own like dairy cow, or we just, you know, sourced from a couple or a few farms in our immediate communities, like, oh my God, we'd be set, bro, and yeah. the environment would be going, woo! Yep. And just to tie back before we wrap up, this is a good yeah. tie back to the very beginning of the conversation where we were talking about a massive meteor strike or some catastrophic thing, the collapse of the American democracy, whatever it is. If you are relying on grocery stores and prescriptions and all of this stuff, you are going to be the first one to perish. Your bloodline is going to be the first one to discontinue. The people who are going to survive are the people who know where to get their food, who know, know how to grow food, know how to hunt food, know how to raise animals, know how to connect with the earth, know how to build shelter, know how to build fire. It sounds stupid. Sounds like we don't need it. But and your average city only has three days worth of food supply. Imagine if these massive cargo ships that are shipping in your goddamn Chiquita bananas from Peru and Costa Rica, when that stops coming, what are you going to do? And most of the people who are eating a plant-based diet aren't even eating plants. They're eating packaged products in boxes that are labeled as plant-based when in reality, it's a bunch of sunflower oil, canola oil, and garbage. You have to be, whether you, listen, you can be vegan if you want, 
but you need to at least know how to grow food, harvest food, know where your food comes from, whole foods over everything. That is the key. And being able to provide it for yourself and not relying on the grocery store, knowing the local people in your community. Because when that, when that food supply ends, the guy down the street's still going to be raising his cows. So you got to have a relationship with him. You get, you know what I mean? Like this is important stuff. This is real shit. This isn't sugarcoating anything. This is real shit. Your bloodline will be the first one to cease from existence if you do not prioritize these things. But other than that, Taylor, this has been awesome. Um, This has been such a pleasure. Uh, And I want to be respectful of your time um, so we can can begin our wrap-up. You are frozen, though, so I'll wait for you to come back. Oh no, Taylor's frozen. And her video is off. We will give it a minute. Wow, what crazy timing. I'm not sure what happened. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you everybody for listening to this conversation. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys. We'll give Taylor another second here to see what happened. See where she ran off to. It's not working, she said. She said she messed up. Okay. So, uh, okay. Well, we'll wrap it up here then, guys. Crazy timing. Um, Be sure to follow Taylor. Get Real Girlfriend on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Um, and then make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Love you guys so much. Hope this uh, brought some value to you and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.